Amazing documentary, but fuels, I think, what he wants. He'll it's not going to lead to... Or in the jungle or something like that. Do you know what I mean? He will. I remember my mum having to, at Manchester Airport, having to... Um... Take the bomb off her. <laughs> <laughs> Take the vest off, mum. Go Come on. on. Put it in the bin. She's left it on again. She's left oh, it on again. You doing? went to take that off. Take that C4 off. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Two Pals on a Pod. We're back with The Tinder Swindler, the new Netflix documentary. An interesting one, this, isn't it? It's a lot to talk about in this uh, documentary. It's so much going on, a bit frantic. A bit frantic. Lots of twists and turns in this documentary. And, you know, a story of female emancipation at the end of the day, isn't it? Three women bonding together in order to bring a scammer down, is how I would sum it up. In many ways, it's a feminist documentary which I love as a feminist. I'd say so. I mean, it's, I, love, I love seeing a sleaze bag getting his balls dragged through the dirt, it has to be said. I You're mean, into that. this guy thought he was... Yeah, <laughs> I'm into that. This guy thought he was invincible. And I think, what well, at the end, they said that he scammed these women. There were more women as well than these three that were featured in the documentary. Out of $10 million as a collective, $10 million. I mean, that's mental to think that he got away with that. But yeah, he'd swindle one woman out of tens of thousands of dollars. Spend that money on swindling another woman and another woman and another woman. It's an entire like pyramid scheme that he had going on there. I have to respect in a way. It's kind of like it's an art form, isn't it? There's yeah, an art it was, to being was, a bullshitter. It was weirdly impressive at times, but then you have to remember actually, you no, know, he was also, you know, taking at times hundreds of thousands of pounds or dollars off these women. It was sort of weird because it was as they said in the documentary, it's sort of like the perfect scam, this, because he had yeah. sort of no repercussions to what was happening. And the way this sort of plays out to begin with is there's this woman called Cecile who basically mm -hmm. goes on a date with this guy she finds on Tinder, hence the Tinder swindler. And she swipes right on him. She sees that he's a billionaire's son and all this. And she really gets sort of drawn into the lifestyle, the luxury. She gets bowled, bowled over by it. I couldn't help but think that you would get bowled over by the Tinder swindler. If he, <laughs> if you saw him on Tinder, you'd go, oh, billionaire son, yes, please. <laughs> you'd be swiping right. You'd definitely be one of these people, 100%. I feel like the issue, the issue with this guy is that he was about 30, wasn't he? And I, when, back in the days when I did use Tinder, my age settings were never never that high. I'm not, yeah. I'm not looking for a, a businessman. I'm yeah, not at that stage of my life. Yes. <laughs> I'm not looking. I'm not looking for a, for a business. I did find, though, that, that one of the funny things was because Cecile is 29. So I introduced her to Cecile, Norwegian woman, she's 29. And she says, you know, what about the Tinder swindler appealed to you? And she's talking about private jets, money, beaches and party, I think, are the things that she reels off. At 29, how is your values kind of pyramid that you have going like at that age, how is it all so vacuous after you've you've built up all this life experience? Wasn't it? Well, what attracted you to this guy? I mean, you could just say it's more respectable, I think, to say he's pretty because essentially that's what Tinder is, isn't it? You saw <laughs> the glasses, the fake glasses that he used to wear, amazing. Who do that? Who wear fake glasses? <laughs> But that's essentially what Tinder is. Make no bones about it. You know, this, swipe left yeah. if you're attracted to them, right if you're not. And it's I don't get these purists that are like, you know, it's not just like pulling in a club because you do the same thing in a club. You write people off that you're not attracted to. You sidle over to people you are attracted to. That's swiping left and swiping right in person, right? A same thing. Bit, but you do have more to go off. You've sort of got the way they hold themselves, the dance moves, the way they're sort of like rocking it out on the dance floor, you know. You've got a bit more about the dress sense. The thing for me for Tinder, about Tinder, is that it feels like very 
sort of surface level it feels very curated too much for my taste like i've, I've used tinder before yeah. in order to i, I was going to try and do a video on tinder didn't really work out very well no one swiped right surprisingly uh, so couldn't make a video <laughs> it's a shame it's a shame really so i've used it before i've had experience maybe that's why i'm so against it because of my negative experience on it but i just for me it, it feels like all the worst sort of traits that you find mm. in people this sort of very it's very skin deep for me it feels about you know creating this sort of idea of who you are as a person which doesn't necessarily match the real person i want depth in a person in a relationship give me depth or i want to go deeper <laughs> i want to go deeper into your psyche okay i thought you That's said give me depth i was like what is no, <laughs> johnny depth. is that what you, is that what you're looking for in a man is it John, where's john well, on tinder where's no, johnny depp come where is he where's johnny depp i mean he, there's a man that knows how to have a good time i'll I tell you what 57 as well which is astonishing but... james charles once came up on my tinder and I've got my Tinder <laughs> set as female. So why why would James Charles come up? It's, it's Maybe he's experimenting. It's official one. Well, like verified and everything. Yeah, verified tick in LA. Yeah. Oh. I've got a screenshot of it as well. I might insert it if I can find the picture. I might insert the screenshot. But yeah, I decided to swipe left. Wasn't interested. No, thanks, Jimmy. You're not his type, though. I don't think you're his type. Are you? You're a bit, bit too bit too old for his usual type, I might, if I'm allowed to say that. Possibly. But no, no you're right. I think it's... Not. It's it's no more superficial for me than writing off somebody in a club and looking at them and going, you're not my type or you are my type. Because, I mean, you've got the vibe to go off in a club. But, I mean, even then, that's superficial. Like, looking at the way somebody's dancing and going, well, they carry themselves with confidence. That's still superficial, isn't it? It's not really getting to the, the heart of their character. One thing I did think that was particularly concerning was that she's talking about how to create the perfect Tinder profile. <laughs> yeah, she was like... So first I put a selfie because it's me. I said, well, that's amazing logic. I can't, fault, I can't fault it. The next picture should be a picture with friends to show that you're social. Could you imagine <laughs> being that insecure about how you're coming across that you're like, oh, my next picture must be. I mean, when I'm, when I'm curating my own Tinder profile, I'm just kind of like, I'm not too fussy. I'm like, I look good in this picture. I look good in this picture. I look good in this picture. I'm Ego. not thinking. Ego, I have yeah. to prove. <laughs> yeah, it's it, the hardest part is narrowing down. I just it's look so great in all these pictures. I can't I, pick. Why can Why can I only pick nine pictures when there's so many better <laughs> pictures of me? You know, so many good pictures. A but she's like, imagine having. You know, I have to prove to these people that I have friends, and to do this, I have to put a picture of them on my profile. I don't understand. I don't understand that. I, I think you've got that, to do it, it on vibe. You gotta yeah. go on vibe. You can't put too much thought into it, and I, I think it's really sad as well. Not to shit on her because she's very much a victim. But I think it's very sad that a twenty-nine-year-old is thinking like this. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna come down. It's, and like it's it acceptable if if it's twenty-three like you, but not a twenty-nine. No, not a twenty-nine. Right. It is interesting though how yeah. I guess I guess the sort of I, I can see how you've come to that conclusion at twenty-nine. You'd hope to have sort of developed, but let's let's not have a go at the victims here because they are victims. No, that's no, not but victim blaming. I don't endorse victim blaming. Well, it seems like but it's sad. Um, sad, but but I, I did also pick on that, yeah, that she, she went through sort of like how to do a Tinder profile. She said, show your face, show your friends. And then you, she said something about you always check the Instagram. And I put here, because <laughs> that always accurately portrays people, doesn't it? Instagram. <laughs> Got to check the Instagram. So, yeah, I just felt like it was very surface level. Like she, she said um, she checks the pictures and the followers was what she said. He had a lot of, he had a lot, <laughs> lot of nice pictures and a lot of followers. And that drew me in. I was like, hmm, it's not a great, like, if, a bit of advice for people listening. 
don't be don't be so surface level in what you're sort of assessing a person on would be my general advice i appreciate we live in an instagram generation but you know come on being at the wedding and the vicar's making small talk oh what what attracted you to simon he had a hundred thousand instagram followers it sounds ridiculous i I just can't believe (laughs) i just which is quite a lot to be fair it's gone down since the show came out it's gone down to like (laughs) ninety thousand. the checks i'm gonna come on to that as well because at the end he comes up smelling of roses it seems he's got the model girlfriend and everything and they're all single jump to the end no spoilers though no spoilers she said um and this is i think you know, if I was into women, this would be a red flag. She cites Marilyn Monroe as inspiration. So, I mean, you know, paragon of loyalty and of articulateness, which is, which is ironic because that's not a word. Uh, not but she goes, deal. Marilyn Monroe in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes says, a man being rich is like a girl being pretty. You might not marry a man. You might not marry a girl because she's pretty, but goodness, doesn't it help? So what, what are you looking for? You're looking for the beaches and the parties. Once again, I'm not going to shit on her. Once again, I'm not going to shit on her. Like all, I'm saying, like all I'm saying is that I was looking at this 29 years old at that big age. And I'm thinking, oh, no wonder you're his perfect kind of victim here, aren't prey. you? Like perfect kind of prey here. I mean, so many pictures, so many followers. Pictures in suits, which I like. So what, are you expecting to wear a suit all the time? I have the rule when I'm swiping on Tinder, when I used to swipe on Tinder, I have to, I have to outline that. <laughs> Where if, they, if the first picture is them in a suit, I'm delving deeper. Like usually I'd just be one picture. The first picture, I'd swipe on that. I'm not, I don't have time to look through all the pictures. And if their first picture is in a suit, you always tap along. Because everybody looks good in a suit. It's a fact. Yeah, they're a funeral a director. Oh, look at them. Just pictures of them. It's yeah. Suits. Oh. But yeah, I mean... Prince, I... Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew famously only wore a suit in London, didn't he? Good so, point. I mean, he'd be, he'd be right at Purse Street. It's a yes, please, Andy. But yeah, I, I do see the point <laughs> that you're making without trying to sort of go down the, the route of victim blaming. Hey, what, what you are trying to say is that essentially there were certain things that put her in a position where he was more likely to, to prana. Obviously not her fault that she got swindled uh, quite clearly, but um, obviously, yeah, you are sort of highlighting there that perhaps the sort of general traits that some people have with this whole sort of Instagram Tinder generation put them in a difficult position. But I, I thought the interesting thing about the way that he swindled people, uh, and, and it is horrific, we will get into how bad it is because it does get like very, very dark to, to be honest, towards yeah. the end at some points. And it's obviously horrible what he did. Um, his mm. first sort of aim was to try and impress them online, obviously through Tinder. Then he tried to lure them in. So it happened very, very quickly. I mean, instantly he'd be messaging them as soon as they matched and he'd invite them, he'd invite them out to like a hotel lobby for a, a drink or something. Thing and to have a little chat and yeah. then before you know it invites her on a private jet so it's like pretty immediate like do you want to go to amsterdam on a private jet she's like yeah very quick isn't it it's uh it's, it's it's a quick turnaround isn't it i think nowadays people have lost the kind of um they've forgotten the lessons that my well, as soon as i got a computer my parents said you know don't meet up with strangers i mean that's gone completely out the window <laughs> we seem to be so far removed from the fact that we're jetting off with people that we don't know or whatever. It's absolutely bizarre. I'm absolutely blinded by the by the money, right? I so mean, her, her friends go, said, um, her friends even said, they raised the point of what about kidnapping? Uh, what about danger? Be careful, they said. She, she didn't even think yeah. of that, is what she said in the documentary. I mean, on a private jet as well, I mean, it's easy to get away with stuff, isn't it, I suppose? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's very kind of, very risky, but she's on this private jet. And the, the thing is, well, she's like, oh, I hate myself for this, but she was like videoing. So then <laughs> on this first date, she's on this guy's private jet and she's not even hiding the fact that, oh, no, if that was me, I'd be playing it down. I wouldn't, you know, play it cool. You know, I've just met this guy. I'm into him. I'm not filming his private jet going, God, I'm living this. Look at it. Oh my God, it's caviar. I'm so impressed. She's got no game. She's got no game. But the you, ex, you the definitely ex, would get into this sort of situation though. Just to be clear, you definitely would. 100%. 100%. Had he been 10 years younger, 
and a private jet and a billionaire's son, that would have got you straight over there. If he, if he invited you for four seasons, that would have got you straight over there. Do you want to come on a private jet, Toby, to Amsterdam? Yes, please. You'd be I mean, all over it. I'm not sure if you're getting at what you think you're getting at here. I'm not sure. But yeah, oh. I mean, I, I mean, it, it hasn't. I've never been swindled before, but I have probably been lied to, obviously, on, on Tinder. Definitely, I would say it wouldn't be it wouldn't be unreasonable to say that with it. I don't think I, I reckon um, you could have easily been lured in easily. I, I imagine so. But what I wouldn't do is, you know, I've got I've got I've got too much style to be. You know, I would be wowed by a private jet, but what I wouldn't be doing is sticking my phone all around the private jet, filming it and filming the, the caviar yeah. and, and, and whatever. I wouldn't be doing that, especially when the mother of his child, the mother of the swindler's child is on a plane as well. It's a bit random. Yeah, we'll, get on, for we'll get on to that at, amazing. Uh, at some point because that is strange. How amazing. What happened, to the, what happened to the girl code? What happened to the girl code? Exactly. Shocking. If I were um, on there. Uh, the way that it sort of happens is he invites her on a private jet. They go to Amsterdam on like a date, like a first date. But it's sort of weird because as you say, like the mother of his son is there. We, we assume that's yeah. his son. Like we just assume, take that as red, I guess probably is. Um, yeah. She's sort of there on the private jet with them, which is a bit unusual. And then she finds herself leaving Amsterdam pretty quickly. Like the, she's not there for very long. She gets sent home because he's busy. So she then gets sent home after this Amsterdam date and they start messaging each other, continue messaging. He sends flowers, that kind of thing. So he's really trying to speed things up to get to the point where he can basically exploit her. And so this all yeah. happens in such a short space of time, like a month period, that he tries to basically get her to fall more and more in love with her, uh, with him. And it just, it happens, doesn't it? She falls straight into his grasp because yeah. of the sort of wealth and status and everything. It's called love bombing, isn't it? When at the start of the relationship, you kind of bomb somebody with so much affection that they become somebody that you can control, I think. is I think the love bombing is, 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 is definitely the term. And obviously it fits straight in with his MO, right? Because of the crooks of this kind of scheme that he's got going, he scams one woman in order to fund his habits with another woman. So yeah. things have to turn around pretty quickly. You can't be talking to somebody for years and not getting anything out of them not getting to the point where you're kind of scamming them for for money but it is it is very very bad the way that some of these relationships lasted 15 16 months and he'd he would look on them and he would say he would talk about moving in with them talk about marriage talk about kids with them all the while having absolutely no intention of this with with any of them you it's know so you can imagine cold, viewing isn't it so cold even though he made them feel very sort of special that's one of the reasons why they were so sort of lured in as well as obviously the money the status he made them feel special but then the coldness of to sort of be that person that's how however many women going on at the same time they don't know about it yeah i think it, it it's a testament to how easy it is i think to seem affectionate over a message you know, if you, you write a message and end it with a love heart or the word honey, which he seemed to like, which I resent or whatever, then it's so easy to make people think, and understandably so, you would think, God, this guy's so affectionate. This guy's into me. And it turns out that he's messaging all these women virtually the same thing anyway. That was weird, like, isn't it? It's so, so, so morally kind of abject, isn't it? But he was successful at, at, at kind of at, at what he did. And he knew that there's people out there that, are superficial i'd say i'm a superficial person myself that cares a lot about definitely. image as well so maybe when 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 you say you might have got swindled by this i think it's obviously a possibility isn't it definitely um, i'm not going to come not going to com completely deny it but he knows what people of this generation prioritize and how easy it is to seem at first to seem rich yeah which i suppose he is he is wow. he wasn't but he is because he swindles these people and then how easy it is to seem affectionate as well even though he's not actually spending that much time with these women, is he? He's always got an excuse to, oh, I'm jetting off here, I'm jetting off there. 
and that's because women. he's swindling all these different all these different women at once, right? So like, I've got a business meeting in Amsterdam or whatever, so I can't be with you right now or whatever. The, the this guy's is- carbon footprint must be through the fucking roof, by the way. <laughs> Greta's everywhere. on to him. She's yeah, so happy. He's Stockholm, Oslo, Prague, Bulgaria, Amsterdam. He's everywhere. Barcelona. No wonder we've got that's climate why, that's change why... going on. It's him. He's doing it all. Hey, this is the, I think this it's the biggest sin that he he commits, obviously. Yeah, David but that's but, it's it's a part of what makes it a perfect crime, though, isn't it? Because yeah, you, you can't get nailed down. The thing that I found strange to get my head around with this whole thing is, mm. I personally would never be in a relationship with somebody who's jetting all over the place, and we're not getting to no. see each other much. I mean, the relationship, even though they were messaging a lot, there was a lot of voice notes. Yes, they were doing video calls, that kind of thing. I could just never start a relationship with not seeing people like within you know, for a couple of weeks, a week at a time, or it just being fleeting at the start of your yeah. relationship. That's the really important point where you set the foundations of where you're sort of going from. And then you have the, some strengths or whatever in in the relationship. There just wasn't that there. Like you sort of took them on a, a date very, very quickly, got very, very close to them, sent them some flowers. And it just felt like there was a clear connection and bond. And he obviously like I say, lured them in, emotionally manipulated them as well by being sort of open, by being a listener, by doing all these things that, you know, some women like in a guy. And that helped create a bond as well. I just thought there was, yeah, it just seemed very, very strange how he could be flying around so much and not really see them. And yet they sort of would then go on to give him a lot of money out of sort of, it felt like out of nothing. Yeah, I think it's weird because when we find out the total amount that he has actually swindled in the 10 million, it shows you that it's not just these three girls that appear in the documentary that he's managed to swindle and that he probably had a very, very bad like success rate in kind of swindling these people. This is kind of like widespread, like there are there are multiple women out there, lots and lots of women out there that seem to be okay with having a relationship with somebody that's jetting here and jetting there. But obviously he's got the perfect alibi because he's got this lie about being involved in the, the diamond industry and another lie about being a Mossad agent, like an Israeli secret agent or whatever. And he's got this perfect kind of story of why he can't actually be there. And I agree with you, it wouldn't be, especially at the start of a relationship, it wouldn't be palatable because how do you get to know this guy? It's perfect for him because they don't want he doesn't want them to get to know him. Yeah. But I can't imagine forming that that closer bond with somebody that just seems to me to send the odd voice note. Like, it's not really, where's the emotional kind of bonding there, there would that would kind of that. lead to send me sending somebody tens of thousands of dollars? There's not enough substance, is there, really, to then go and give them loads of money? I mean, what, what happens is, again, just to sort of go back to, like, the narrative of, of where we go with this. So she gets yeah. home from this Amsterdam trip, the messages continue, gets flowers, etc., And then she then goes back home to Oslo, which is where she's originally from, to see her mum or something. He then visits yeah. her. So he did something spontaneous, visited her. Yeah. And that, again, helps solidify the relationship. Oh, he's, he's going out of his way. He's a busy guy. And yet he's going out of his way to come fly to Oslo on a whim. Oh, my God. Turns out he was probably, right. probably seeing other women at the same time. And then he makes her his girlfriend, and at that point, yeah. so he's done something really special, outlandish. She's flown his private jet just to see her out of the blue, surprised her, makes her his mm-hmm. girlfriend, which sort of solidifies things. And then he starts to reveal these secrets of, oh, I'm under threat. I've got security issues. So it's interesting how he waits 
to be in the relationship then introduces that element in almost immediately after. Yeah, one thing I find particularly alien to me, there's a lot of this that I find alien in terms of, you know, we've already spoke about the what we seem to find important in terms of parties and beaches and things. That's not, you know, not important to me. I'm superficial, but not in that sense. Is the fact that she finds out that he's on Tinder and she seems to get, she brings it up with him, but then it seems to be, get, it seems to get brushed on the carpet. I'm sorry, if somebody's your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whoever, and you find out that they're on Tinder and that they're, actually found out that he was active recently because he had added some new pictures or Ranging something like pictures, that right? yeah then you come down on that like a shit ton of bricks don't you you don't just brush it under the carpet i mean i know this guy's a serial bullshitter and he literally does it for a living like, this guy doesn't have a job does he? he's swindling people for a living but there's no way that he should be getting out of that as easily as he did it was going to brush under the carpet and never mentioned again but he said something like um, i've deleted my account honey i've deleted my i'm like no you haven't it's yeah. there it's, I'm, it's the location the location is you know updating um but he did tend to have this playbook didn't he of so get them into a relationship and then there's some kind of security incident right because he's involved in the diamond industry or supposedly so there's some kind of incident which necessitates him going into hiding going on the run bodyguards being attacked i mean the bodyguard must have been in on it in on this bullshit yeah right yeah so yeah. i mean I don't, know, I don't know how they got the bloody picture of, of him you know peter just bend over and let me hit you on the back of the head with an axe or something so i can take a picture of your bloody head to send to these women same picture every time same story every time bodyguards being attacked having to go on the run having to freeze my bank cards can you wire over x amount with the kind of surprising how sort of about it, well it? that works to be honest as well because i mean if you came to me and we've known each other 11 12 years if you came to me and went yeah. oh i'm in a security i've got a security risk can you send me 30 grand you're not getting 30 grand i'll be honest with you <laughs> i'll be completely you're not getting in the no circumstances you're getting my 30 grand not a chance and i wouldn't expect you to give me 30 grand either that's not happening no, definitely not after a month of knowing someone even if we're in a relationship you're still not getting 30 grand you can you can do one Go get your own thing. You take out a loan. Not me. You take you can out go on, a loan. You can go on the run. You can go on the run, can't you? Yeah, it's I just, the I go, there's plenty, plenty more fish in the sea. See you later. Yeah, you're too much, too too high maintenance for me, yeah. Simon, you're with these diamonds. No. It's because people are blinded, aren't they? And he's got the perfect story of, because I imagine the diamond industry is quite a bloody industry to be involved in. So he's got the perfect story of, I am on the run, diamond related shit. You won't understand it. You don't ask yeah. any questions. Yeah. Sure, he's got a short temper as well. Like, does she not ask any temper. questions about his job? Like, what's these what's this no. 70 million dollar deal you're doing? Nah, just don't bother. Don't bother asking the specifics about the job. It's just sort of business stuff, isn't it? Forget about it. You wouldn't understand it, honey. You Sweet wouldn't understand diamonds. it, honey. You wear them, you don't know anything about them, do you? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> just diamonds, isn't it? Just yeah. diamonds, isn't it? Just digging in it. Just digging the diamonds. You won't get it, love. You won't get it. Yeah. But what I find so I did a bit of digging, if you pardon the pun, oh. into his lie. So he says that he's the son of an Israeli diamond baron, if that's a term, you know, diamond king. Probably not. But yeah, um, Le- Lev Leviev, right. And he's Simon Leviev, son of Lev. Lev actually exists. The baron exists. Mm-hmm. Simon, obviously not related to him. At what point do you think after you're seeing somebody and you're wiring them tens of thousands of you know, dollars, do you think maybe we're close enough to meet the family now, you know, meet the parents, quite a big... Part they're of the relationship. Digging as well, they're digging, mate. When, they're digging. When we're <laughs> digging, you understand it. Well, you don't come to Israel, do you? When you can have a weekend in Prague or Amsterdam or Oslo or Stockholm or whatever. Don't tell me to Tel Aviv. Too far out. Do you see I'm the picture that he had of him and the parents? I remember he, he came on like quite early on in the documentary of this like fake picture, and it's him with like the, the yeah. sort of beach behind, and it's the mum and dad supposedly yeah. or something like that. As soon as I saw it, I went, "That's fake." 
<laughs> you could see like, the outer glow. You could see the outer. <laughs> in a different position. He stood straight on, and the parents stood at an angle. Maybe this is because I've used Photoshop for a while. In all fairness, but no. even still, I was like, "That's a fake picture." <laughs> it it's one of them where they've got dif- they've got different skin tones and everything. Yeah. There's something off of it that just looks a bit kind of off. But even then, you don't have to meet them. Why don't we FaceTime them or get a cheeky voice note from this guy? Loves a voice note. He's my worst nightmare. I can't stand a voice note. I'm not having it. He does. Just imagine. Yeah. I'm just you know. I'm just on, on WhatsApp or whatever messaging and he sends a voice note through, pause my music and thinking, fucking hell, what's this? I have to listen to the voice note. And I hate sending them as well because I listen to them back and I'm thinking, this doesn't sound like me. I listen to the podcast. I'm like, I don't sound like that. I don't have a squeaky voice God, like that. Someone listens to the podcast. Well, yeah, I, I'm all the views, all the views. Yeah. It's just you. All the views and all the comments is me. Me and my burner, my burner YouTube account. <laughs> In her defence, what I will say is, Obviously, he was he built up this image of being really wealthy, really, really rich. And so if he needs some money because he's in a security threat, then you're going to send him some money or she's going to yeah. send him some money because you expect to get it back because he's really rich. You know, he's a billionaire. Yeah. You sort of bought into this identity. So you can sort of see how they might find themselves in, in that situation. And also, we don't see how many people that didn't work out for as well. He might have had yeah. hundreds of people he'd been messaging and it's worked mm. 12, 15, 20 times, maybe 30 yeah. and 100 times it's not worked as well. So, you know, obviously we only see the people that have become a, a victim of, of what he's done, which is obviously horrific. Um, but it, yeah, we do have to also account for the fact that he had built up this image over a month and it was, you know, you're on a private jet. That, that yeah. says it all really, doesn't it? You've got no no reason to, to question it because... I feel like, and before watching this documentary, I had some preconceptions about, you know, catfishing and, and, and things like that. It tends to be, you know, you hear the stories of these middle-aged mums using Match.com and they're talking to this American Navy guy or whatever who's half their age and can't meet Brad. up for whatever reason because he's away on duty or whatever. He's and, fighting. like, that's your standard kind of catfishing story and they never meet and they get scammed out of hundreds of quid or whatever, you know, that's, yeah. that's what happens. Hundreds of quid. You're- 600 quid, he scammed me off. I'm like, oh, I need a new tyres for his car. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's more menial and they never meet. And you think, oh, this is sad because she's a 40-year-old widow or a divorcee or whatever, just looking Bloody for love on Match.com. And this American has scammed her out of that, whatever. This, she's on the private jet. She's in the Intercontinental on Park Lane or whatever hotel it was. You know, you're there. You can. He, they're meeting. He's there and he's disgusting Versace and Gucci sweatshirts. I mean, I'm not sure when that became high in fashion, but I think I'd rather go back to a time where it wasn't. Not a fan of that. Not a fan of that. But like, so you're meeting him and you're getting these messages from him and you're seeing the effects of his wealth. So you've got no reason to believe it. I wouldn't begrudge for one moment anybody kind of kind of buying into that besides the Photoshopping thing. I mean, come on. Yeah, Simon. Bad Photoshopping. You can do better than that. Then we we get introduced to this second woman, uh, Penilla. I like her. her. Um, yeah, she came she came across well. I like I like Penilla, and she was again. It was another Tinder match, hence the Tinder swindler. That's how he was meeting all these women, and he yep. invited her from Stockholm to Amsterdam for a date. So again, flying them in to Amsterdam, similar the way that he did with Cecile. Maybe there's a crossover there, I don't know, time-wise. But he invited her from Stockholm, flew her over, and they had a date. But that date didn't work out in the same way, which I think is interesting. I would have thought he would have pushed the relationship, but maybe he realised there wasn't room for a relationship or something like that. And they ended up just staying friends, but seemed to be quite close friends. He sort of kept her on the roll, if you like, in the same way he did with the other women. Yeah, I mean, I think what I like about her, and I knew I liked her from this moment, was when he uh, said to her on Tinder, oh, I'm involved in the, the diamond industry, LLB diamonds or whatever, I'm involved in the diamond industry. And the camera cuts to her and she goes, oh my God, another diamond guy. I think that's quite <laughs> iconic. You know, oh, she knows Got the toll one. that that industry 
industry takes on a relationship. Another bloody diamond goes to be banging on about these fucking rocks. It's been brilliant or whatever. Oh, there's some fucking diamonds. Diamonds this and diamonds that. Girl's best friend, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, how many um, and she also referred to him as well. She also referred to him as uh, a little bit short for my taste. Yeah. So he's got, so he's built up the perfect lie, the perfect kind of character. He's thinking, how can I scam these women out of, you know, as much money as I want? I need this perfect kind of persona. Rich, prestigious industry, private jet, this, whatever. He's got it all perfect. But the one thing this fucker can never change is the fact that he's vertically challenged. I love <laughs> it. And she calls him out for it. Anyway, he's he perfect, but shoes. a little bit short. <laughs> yeah, get on that, if I was him. Get on that. Or start wearing uh, maybe like stripes, is it the same length in you? Some like stripy top yeah, or something. something. It is, it's, it is something like that. But I mean, it's not unheard of for people to lie on Tinder about their height. But something tells me that Simon didn't stop at Lang at his height today. He? he went a bit further. Ooh, um, just a yeah, little bit, a little but, bit further. But I thought it was interesting, you know, an angry, smaller man. You don't really tend to see those in society. <laughs> I just thought, you know, it's nice to see that he doesn't fit that, that stereotype. <laughs> it's true. But this guy is, well, <laughs> this guy seems to be very charismatic. Now, I don't see that side to him, though. That's, yeah, but the I women that have that. seen him, the women that have seen him and met him, talk about a connection or whatever. This is, and even Penilla uses the word connection, but just in the, in the friendship sense, it was connection. He's this, he's that, he's charismatic, talking about X, Y, and Z. But from what we heard of him on the, the voice notes, when he was being affectionate, and then when he turned into an ass, obviously when you know he's turned he turned threatening when the light was up, basically didn't he, and things like that. I didn't didn't see this kind of charismatic side to him. I, I always thought he was a bit cold and robotic, and I'm not sure whether it's because I'm looking at this from a kind of he's a bad guy and we know this type thing. Yeah, I, but he I seemed agree. very it did, very. It felt very almost clinical at the times. Obviously, towards yeah, the end, it the was word. quite aggressive and you know not very yeah. threatening that kind of thing. But even early on, like we heard some of the. Like, so it's very much like can't wait to see you honey thinking of you all yeah. oh, my love it wasn't very sort of there was no like enthusiasm passion about it. i didn't believe it it was weird like strange really no i don't know whether it was because maybe english isn't its first language so it's a bit maybe. of a, a struggle to use these more these terms or whatever i don't know in terms of endearment i'm not sure but not for a minute did i ever buy oh this guy yeah he's you know with with, with some true crime documentaries that you watch and you think God, they there's a proper Jekyll and Hyde situation here, you know, like dual personality. With him, I never really saw this kind of um, more affectionate side to him. But then again, I think you do have to remember. And one thing that I think is is quite toxic about this is that people use Tinder, it seems to me anyway, from this documentary, anyway, to look for love. Mm. So already you, you're putting yourself at an inherent disadvantage there. And it's something that we're all probably guilty of, especially if you've used Tinder, to look for love. So you're already, you're looking at people through the view of, how can they satisfy this particular need that I have? So you're not looking at them in an objective sense. You're looking at them as a means to an end. Yeah. So you do probably look at them in a more favourable light than they actually are. I mean, at one point, Pernilla says, well, it was nice to have a man listen for once. What's the bare minimum, by the way? She should get a gay best friend. I'd be her friend. I'd be her best friend. I'd listen to her. Do you listen? Do you? I'd let, no, well, I mean, she'd be in for a shock with me. She'd be yeah. in for a shock. I, I, the facade for about five minutes, and then I'll be like, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, but yeah I did it, think that was it, interesting, because like you say, she did mention that special connection that they had. And I thought it was interesting how he was able to build that rapport so quickly, and I didn't really feel it as much in the documentary. It didn't feel like they sort of emphasised how he went about doing that, aside from the messages, which I personally don't 
think I don't maybe this is just me but I don't really like messaging people particularly not in a romantic sense but I'll only like yeah. I only like messaging maybe two or three people one of them's you and yeah. that's about it everyone else I don't really like messaging to be honest with you we um, flirt a fair deal though so. we do well constantly non-stop <laughs> but yeah. I've never found I've never really found much depth from messaging even like voice yeah. notes yeah you can hear the voice but I'm more yeah. of an in-person kind of guy I do feel like there's there's an art to it because you don't, I had a, a, a friend last year, no longer friends with them actually, so I could probably get what I was saying. And they would end every message with their significant other with, I would say about three or four lines of red hearts. Oh. So, they, so I'd see her, I'd see them typing out the message and then they'd end the message with like three or four lines of like, like red hearts or whatever. Ooh. Now, I, I, I do think that when you're texting somebody that you're flirting with or romantically engaged with, it's important to give off those the correct cues right because the, the other person is reading the message so they need to see the affection or whatever so a few kisses and a heart or whatever but three or four lines it, it, it you know it, it becomes you know at the point where you're typing a one-word answer and then you've got four lines of red hearts it becomes a bit ridiculous i think yeah that's just that's a bit much for me is that i, I don't not into all that nothing into that at all i'd much I mean, rather just be like kiss love heart whatever even that even like a love heart do i need to tell you every message the love heart does that need to be there every message you know i love yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want relationship to, with you you wouldn't want to overdo it would you i think but i think it is is the fact that if if if, if you write a message and it's lacking that then what are they going to think about you know where maybe. your head's at or whatever maybe maybe, maybe you're having a bad day honey or whatever you know um that sort of text talk and uh, on the sort of valentine's day podcast next week which will be exciting be exciting stay tuned we'll, we'll show stay you how to do it don't don't be swindled stay tuned yeah um but so, I, yeah no I was gonna say, I, when i back in the days when i used the tinder i wasn't big on the talking online thing until like lockdown when you had to it was a bit of a hassle uh if we still because we still it's the rules we still it's the rule i think there's for me there's this kind of period of like a week maybe two weeks of where you talk online say you, if you met through tinder and then you really have to start meeting up in person otherwise what's the point it's going to fizzle out you know what i mean yeah and it's hard to keep that interest going over the course of the the two weeks that kind of two-week period where you're just kind of endlessly flirting before you meet so yeah i do get that i do empathize with you i, on that, on I really thing. rely on the in-person connection because for me it's about getting across the tone the sarcasm the yeah. irony that kind of that's yeah. a big part of who i am as a person it's difficult to get it across in a message that's why i'm not into messaging much more of an in-person kind of guy um Definitely. what what happens then in this sort of story is he's had this meeting with Penilla. they stay friends whatever he then asks um cecile to move in so the first woman that he yeah. swindled hasn't yet got to the swindling bit but he asks her to move in with him uh, with him and she starts to look at apartments by herself which already i'm thinking this is quite quick quite a quick pace the moving at but he has like a, a budget of fifteen thousand dollars a month for these apartments and she's like going around viewing them on facetime with him showing them all oh watch films together on the sofa and that kind of thing i'm like he's barely around that's not happening is it i mean i won't move in with somebody if they're barely around what we're gonna have a place where i'm not going to see you strange no i mean that'd be it wouldn't it be you'd have the, the apartment to yourself which i suppose would be nice in one way but then again what's the what's the point in in, in the relationship if he's if he's never there exactly um, he's trying to move were, it along again isn't he trying to entrench the connection even further so he can swindle up yeah the, i mean the more he does that the more money he gets out of it i think it's 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 plain to see isn't it i mean he tries a lot and i'm always talking about marriage and and, and kids and things like that i'm thinking Never mind. She she would basically be like a single mum, poor Cecile. This is then the part where we get into the swindling bit. So now he's yeah. asked her to move in. 
Now he's, you know, she's been going around all these apartments. He then, in the middle of the night, 4am, I think she said, she said something like that. Simon then sends uh, a picture of his bloody bodyguard and yeah. uh, claims that he was nearly attacked. And if it wasn't for the bodyguard, he would have died and oh, all these things. And this is where the sort of beginning of the emotional manipulation starts. He uses these sort of pictures and videos and tries to terrify her. My enemies are catching up with me. All these sort of like invisible enemies. They're just not real. All fabricated, which is unbelievable, isn't it? To think he's fabricated this imaginary enemy, which is now in her mind as well. And he uses that to scare her, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it's it's to um, to numb her into submission in a way, isn't it? Because it's a lot harder to say no to somebody that's going through a shit time of it. And obviously she's got no reason to believe that he's not. I mean, I'd have believed it as well. I mean, I'm not going to sit here on a pedestal and say, oh, I want to believe it. If somebody sends you a picture, somebody that you trust and that you've been speaking to now for a few months at least, and you're talking about moving in and things like that, much more concrete, you'd have no reason not to believe it. And once again... This lie about the diamond industry or whatever plays perfectly into these hands because he's like, these enemies, you know, we're not sitting here going, who are these enemies? Where are they coming from? We just assume that you know, it's a diamond business. business Di- the diamond enemies, you know, those those people in the diamond world. But it does sound, it made, it's made to sound like it's a bit of a, um, perhaps a crooked like, sort of world, you know, criminal. Like a, like a, a, a cutthroat industry. Yeah. And it's it's not completely alien to us you know, the fact that he would have adversaries in this business because he's a bit of a hot shot for all we know at this point. And it makes it terribly easy for him to, A, get numb people into submission, and B, gives him the perfect excuse why he's never there because he's on the run. C, gives him the perfect excuse why he can't use his credit cards and why he would need the money wiring over from these women. Exactly. And that's the next step that he gets onto, doesn't he? So once he's hit her with, oh, we're, we're, you know, we're in danger. These enemies are on onto us. He then tells her to go back to bed, go back to bed. I'm fine. I'm going to wake you up at four in the morning, just alert you to this attack, Uh, but go back to bed, you know, try and get some sleep. And then the next morning goes in with the message. So playing again on our emotions, emotional manipulation. And like you say, I can completely understand how if someone sends you a message, videos like that, blood all over them, you're going to believe it. If you're this far down the line, you're obviously going to believe it. I can completely understand it. But then he goes in with the question, can I use your credit card? Mine are being traced. So he's using his girlfriend now at this point. The girlfriends are looking for a place together. It's sort of the relationship's been going now for over a month, perhaps quite quick, we could say, but at the same time, they are in a relationship. And now this is where he's going to swindle. He's going to get her to give him some money with quite a plausible, a relatively plausible story, I guess. Yeah, I'd definitely say so. Yeah, I'd, have, I'd have wired that money that far in. I mean, it looks like real blood. He's got a bodyguard, by the way. This bodyguard, I don't know whether he's in on the line. I presume he must be in on the line. Yeah, I think it was he does have this bodyguard. Well. And it looked like real blood to me. It looked like a real gash on the back of the guy's head, the bodyguard's head. You'd have no reason to, to not believe it. And so he's off and he's saying, oh, I'm going to need this money sending over. I'm going to need this money wiring over. I'm on the run. This has happened. But obviously we get the other side of the story from Penilla because she's befriended him by this point. At the, at the point that he's doing this to Cecile, Penilla has befriended him. And Simon's got another girlfriend at this point, a Russian model, I think, Polina. Yeah, uh, Polina, I think it was. Yeah. And I like how um, I think it was Penilla calls yeah. her down to earth, which I thought was quite interesting when she had a Gucci phone case. As well. I was like, <laughs> Is that down to earth Gucci phone? But anyway, we now know that Penilla, Polina, Polina, is however you pronounce her name. She's single now, which, yep. you know, if she's watching or listening, 
get in touch. That's all I'm saying. Get in touch. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember what she looks like, but I've had dodgy experiences with Russians in the past. So <clears throat> Polina can stay can stay well away. You, you know, did have a run I feel like Putin, if I'd have stayed with him for another month or so, I feel like that's the next absurd lie that I got churned out. <laughs> the model for X, Y, and Z or the bollocks. Putin. That's some bullshit. Uh, yeah, love lad though. Love lad. I wonder where he's finding the time. Right. So he's he's rinsing Cecile of all this money whilst he's in Mykonos, France, Vienna, Switzerland with Polina, the girlfriend, and Penilla, mm-hmm. the person that he's befriended through Tinder. That's all. Where is he finding the time to leave these voice notes when he's jet-setting here, jet-setting there, paying two grand entry? Two grand entry in a club in Mykonos. For a table. Yeah. Last night, I paid seven quid. Seven? I, I thought that was seven ridiculous. Quid. Seven quid entry. Two grand in, and it's a billionaire's playground and things like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. So he's he's clubbing, living the life of luxury, and yet still finding out the time to rinse Cecile and probably other women as well. This yeah, he's probably got you know probably have a few on the go at once. Rinsing them of their money in order to fund this lifestyle. I don't know how he does it. I'm not no, sure how. It, it was literally kind of... straight from their money into being spent virtually straight away by the looks of it. It was yeah. used, basically straight away using Cecile's money to just fund the lifestyle that he was living. And it was unbelievable how quickly these things were happening. I mean, at one point he tells Cecile to bring 25 grand in cash to Amsterdam. Yeah. And he uses the excuse that it's untraceable. It's un- we need the money to be untraceable. You just bring 25 grand, as you do, in a suitcase to Amsterdam. So we can't. it can't be traced by the enemy. And this lie continues and continues. And once you're so far into it, where you've sort of sent 30 grand over, you've brought another 25 in a suitcase, it's like you're 55 grand deep at this point. Like, what's an extra 10 at that point, you know, what I mean, it just continues. That to attitude is, is so scary, but it's not surprising, isn't it? When if you're getting into the hundreds of thousands and he's kind of like he's not asking for it all at once, it's kind of like a foot in the door technique of oh, I need the 30 grand here, I need the 25, I need 15 here, I need 40 grand here. So it's a really clever way of doing it. And it does get the vibe because he was leaving um voice notes uh on Cecile's phone, sending her voice notes that made it sound like there was an urgent need for this money. So I genuinely think this guy is getting this money and then he's straight away splurging it. Like, it's not like he's got this kind of savings bank built up. It's kind of like he, you send the money over and it's getting spent. And this is literally how he's funding this lifestyle from woman to woman. Like and it was, one woman funds the lifestyle, one woman gets impressed by it, and then he moves on to the next. And it was it was really that quick as well, because when uh, Cecile brings that 25 grand to him in Amsterdam, he then fabricates this security threat again. Like, oh, they're onto yeah. us, the enemy are onto us. He just completely ditches her. There's been a security breach. Got to go. See you later. Before you know it, then he goes to that Mykonos with the 25 grand. And I'm pretty sure, was it Mykonos he went to? Or maybe it was somewhere else, actually, that he went to. Because he then goes on a night out with that 25 grand that he's just got in cash. So it was literally going straight from being brought by Cecile and then going out again. And it was just this constant cycle of using other people's money to fund this lifestyle. It was unbelievable. Yeah, the the quick turnaround, I think, is... is, mental this is why he he you know the mask starts to slip when he starts to not get what he wants because the stakes have been increased because he's asking cecile to send a lot of money over in her name with the and she's always on the phone to the bank or whatever and i just think the facts in which he you know the the manner in which he nags for that money makes me think that he's living every day you know as if it's his kind of last thing and going day by day thinking God, I want to go on a night out tomorrow night in Mykonos. I'm going to need that 25k now. Which shows which the arrogance of him to not sort of like plan ahead. Like, could he not just carve yeah. out maybe 10 grand here? Just keep that, you know, just keep that 10 because grand for another day. All it would take to bring this house of cards down 
is one woman that he's been swindling to say no. Yeah. Or get suspicious, get in the authorities, that kind of thing. Yeah. Wouldn't if, take much. if Cecile in Amsterdam had said, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not giving you the 25k, which, and to be fair, she'd have no reason to say that, would she? Because she's so deep in and she loves yeah. him. And they've been speaking for months at this point. So I'm not blaming her, but... Just imagine if she said, no, I've already I've already wired you 100k. This next 25k, this is getting ridiculous now, Simon. He can't, he's got no means of getting to Mykonos and impressing Polina, the girl that he's seeing, that he would inevitably start to swindle, probably. And the whole thing falls down. It'd be incredible. But the fact that he gets away with it, living life so recklessly, is amazing to me. And, and also, with- it, it takes balls to do that. Yeah, and uh, with every payment that he receives, I, I put down here, it's like an abuser sort of deepening their hold over someone because with every loan that Cecile's taking out, she's also, it's been seen as an act of devotion to their relationship. So she's doing all this yeah. stuff. For, so it's sort of like giving her more credit despite him actually getting the money. So she's sort of getting credit for, oh, look, all the things we're doing for our relationship. We're going to be stronger yeah. together. I see you as the one. So she thinks she's doing this incredible thing of, I'm going all out for this for this person who I love. And actually, she's having the wall pulled over her eyes completely. And it's that sort yeah. of, it's like an abuser, really, isn't it, ultimately? I think as well, it's important to remember that she's doing this thinking that she's going to get the money back, that it's a loan. She's not giving the money out of the kindness of her own heart. So she's assuming that she's going to get it back. So it's not like blind devotion but it does take a lot of trust she trusts the guy exactly but she's not being led totally down the garden path because she thinks that she's going to get it back so and she's she not does. like she does at one point she actually does get well, the money back as well so she gives him <clears> this money and i think it was maybe a hundred and something grand i think in total that she'd given him over yeah. a long over a few weeks or something he then gives her back 250 grand so which yeah. which was more than the money she'd given him. So she's like, oh, brilliant. So as difficult as these weeks have been, he's actually come through and he's given me more money than I originally gave him. But then later on, he then yeah. goes through and asks for more loans and more loans. And before you know it, he then gets exactly 250 grand back. So what's happened is she's given him, let's say, <laughs> 140. He gives 250 back. She then gives back the 250. So she's still given him 140. So she's still at a loss. And so it was this very strange transaction that was going on over a period of time. Yeah, I think it's important to remember as well, that's a lot of money. This isn't monopoly money we're talking about. The money that's changing hands here is astronomical. And it's 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 really weird to me that she went to, was it Amsterdam with 25K in cash in the yeah. suitcase and eyebrows weren't raised? I think that was I strange. thought that yeah. customs, I thought that customs would be onto that, you know, like a flash because it's rather weird. You know, when you put the, you put the suitcase on the scanner or whatever and it shows you what's in it. And there's just wads and wads of euros or whatever. I'm thinking if I'm seeing that and I'm working as security in airport, I'm thinking what's what's the need for all the what's the need for all the wonga in the in the suitcase? Yeah, there's usually you know, a limit, isn't there? I'm pretty sure. I thought it was like a grand, five grand, ten grand, something. I, mean, I, I think yeah. so. I mean there's a limit on how much duty free you can take through customs. Never mind money, you know, in cash, we're talking thousands, tens of thousands of uh, of euros. So you'd, I, I mean you would think so. I was looking at what you can and can't take on board on aeroplane the other day, just out of general curiosity. Well, and there was a little section which said ammunition and explosives or something like that and it had like you can't take live grenades on c4 dynamites no. i was like what you can't take dynamite on a plane what ridiculous it's, isn't it? it's pc gone mad what's PC gonna be you know, i remember my mum having to at manchester airport having to um in front of everybody in the queue while she was holding it up tore out <laughs> take the vest off mum come on, on. Put it in the bin. She's left it on again. She's left oh, it on again. You doing? went to take that off. Take that C4 off. It's a nail polish remover. That tiny little um, container of it. 
not allowed it on the plane. Really? I don't know how. If you can make a bomb out of nail polish remover, I mean, a round of applause, not that endorse terrorism. Get in contact. Not that endorse terrorism. Women's terrorism, the man's freedom fighter, I suppose, in a way. Good point. Um, <laughs> but back, back on to uh, the, the Cecile. So basically <laughs> what happens is she then, over the few weeks, then gives him back this 250 grand, but in a series of yep. sort of mini amounts. So it may, maybe like breaks right. it up so maybe she doesn't realise what's happening. And then he promises her a cheque for 500 grand. So again, I'm not just going to... We've done this before, bearing in mind. She's, she's done it before. She's been given 250 grand before. So why would he lie about 500 grand this time? Yeah. So he's got this check for 500 grand. I want you to come get it. But now he appears distant. And this is where the, the twist sort of happens. He now has to get to the point where he's swindled her of 100 grand, 150 grand, whatever. He's now going to break off the relationship. And she said noticeably, he seemed distant. He seemed cold yeah. when she flew to go get this 500 grand check. And that was obviously where he now has to begin the downfall of the relationship and break things off, doesn't it? That's that's sort of the next stage of the scam. Yeah, it's a bit of an issue, isn't it? When you give somebody a check for money that you don't have, so the check bounces, Not he kind of knows where that's going, doesn't it? She's going to go cash the check and it's going to bounce. You'd never but... trust a check, would you, for 500 grand? I don't know. No, what you doing? What you doing? Like going on a night out with somebody and they're owing you money and you're getting it through in a check. That's a bit weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is a bit, a bit strange. Antiquated. It's just... Uh, just put it in my monzo, please. But obviously he knows where it's going because she's going to go cash the check and it's going to bounce. And it does. And you would yep. think that when this check bounces and the lie is up, that he would A, have some humility. <laughs> Chance to be a fine thing. Or B, just block her. Right? Just block her when he doesn't get away. Yeah. Instead, what he does is he starts threatening her. So she's gone to cash. She looks like an absolute mug at the bank. He's cashed this check for half a million, was it? Actually half do. a million yeah, euros? Just half a million. Quid. Let's cash that. I bet that. Oh, it's not working. It's bounced. Oh, I'll ring Simon. Starts to say, what does it say? Watch out. I'll come for your family or well, something. Well, he, he starts off by claiming his innocence and basically being like, well, I've done my half of the deal. I've I've given you the cash. You've got the cash now. You've got it. It's like, well, if you've got a check that she can't use, that, that, cash, that check it? is not worth the money, the paper that it's printed on, is it? Is it no. It's never going to be a viable kind of way of being paid back. And, and she realises it. She's in a relationship with this guy as well. And he's going, nah, I've done my bit of the deal. See you later. <laughs> oh, she's in a relationship with him at this point, And he's speaking to her like this. I've given you money that doesn't exist now fuck off you know <laughs> you're not romantic happy? you know they are they are a solid couple though i mean she did put a heart emoji next to his name in his in contacts which is it's, it's really nice and that's a real that's a sign of a solid relationship but she goes to the bank right and the bank say bounce the check bounces and then she starts asking these people from the bank questions about him and they know of him, right? Yep. They know so that he basically uses Amex then reveal the truth and basically say, Oh, we're aware of this guy. Um, we've been following for a little while. This is his name, that kind of thing. So they reveal why? this. Why do they wait so long? They think, you know, Simon Leviev is that again. He's transferring, you know, 140 grand or whatever. Why, why do they wait so long to step in? I don't understand. Yeah, Unless they had no idea what's going on. Busy. They're busy, aren't they? Doing what bankers do, you know, fiddling their own bonuses and playing with numbers on a screen or whatever. They've got bigger, bigger fish to fry. Bigger fish to fry, haven't they? Yeah, she basically, I think she used the term, uh, the phrase actually, a fairy tale that's going on on your phone. That's how she described the whole experience. It was a fairy tale that was going on on my phone. Sort of sums up modern life to me, does that? A fairy tale on my phone is essentially what I mean. Instagram, Tinder, Twitter, all those different social networks are really. And that pretty much sums up the relationship as well. It was a fairy tale on her phone. On the, I mean, if, on phone. if she's happy being in a relationship where she, she sees her boyfriend in person once every blue moon or whatever and she says she, her need 
her desire for love is satiated by the odd robotic voice note or whatever. It's absolutely, absolutely hellish. It's absolutely hellish. Voice. Then if that's her fairy tale, then that's her fairy tale, isn't it? And something tells me they're not going to live happily ever after. Yeah. So it's never good when you find out that the person that you're dating has multiple names. Not ideal, is it, when someone comes to you and goes, oh, by the way, I've got a few different identities. Um, <laughs> may or may not have swindled you. Sorry about that. I love Sorry. the fact that he, he alternates between Simon and Shimon. He's just yeah. put an H in there. It's not really the kind of the super kind of idea that he may think no, that it actually is, secret, but it that's works. What secret agents do they stick a H in the, in the name? Yeah, That'll come on. There'll be no trace of me now. They won't. Yes. But yeah, basically, it all gets revealed, and she then decides to block Simon. So she blocks Simon, then goes to Norway to see her mum. She then realizes, oh, I gave my mum's phone number to Simon. And Simon's still trying to keep in contact with her at this point. Maybe he thinks he can get more money out of her. I'm not too sure why. I'd be surprised. I mean, like you say, why didn't he just block her and move on? He's swindled yeah, her, move on. Um, but no, now he threatens her and her mum on the phone. Watch out, he says. He says, watch out. With every yeah. action, there'll be a reaction. I thought that was Einstein, wasn't it? And every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Isn't that Einstein? There's some scientific bullshit that he's harking back to there. He's a qualified guy, though. You know, physics and the diamond industry go hand in hand, obviously. And threatening people in the diamond industry seems to go hand in hand as well. It does kind of feel, this is a bit where it turns sycophantic for me, because we're right in the sense that we can say it makes sense. If he took a step back and said, you know what, my job's done here. You know, I swindled her at this. She's caught on to the fact that it's a lie blocked but what he does is he starts threatening and there's absolutely no need for it and it just kind of feels to me that that's his kind of victory lap so he's kind of rubbing her nose in it there not only is he rubbing her nose in it he's saying and guess what i still have this emotional hold over you as well like it's not not only have i swindled you of this much guess what i can say these nasty words to you and it will hurt you because you still love me. And that's, and that's the whole, that gets very dark to this next bit, because it, you sort of see how hurt she is by it. not just financially hurt by it, but she feels shame. She maybe feels a bit stupid that she'd been led on. She also, like, like you say, probably still feels like a, a love for that guy that she's been yeah. speaking to for so long, even though she's found out that she's, he's not the guy that she, he thought that she thought he was. She still probably it's, feels some connection now. And she, she ends up being suicidal, that, doesn't she? Yeah, it's something that, that led me to do a bit of introspection in the sense that I think logically, if somebody you're with wrongs you, it makes it easier to get over them because you have to remind yourself of, you know, well, I did love them, but that they're not, he's not the person he said he is, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that, say, hypothetically, you got involved in something like this and then it all came to a head and it all comes out that you've been swindled, scammed by somebody you're in love with? Do you think it would be easy for you to switch? Or I, I just watched this and I was like, if that cunt did that to me, the feelings would be off like that. But it's easy for me to say that because I'm not actually in love with him. Yeah, I get what you I mean. I just can't and help I, but think. I have that same feeling as well. It's, but like I say, it's all well and good us saying that, you know, if that was the case, we'd just switch off. The I'm, I'm very much like that. If someone was to, for example, if I was in a relationship with someone and they cheated, my head, yeah. outside, having never been in a relationship before, I'd instantly go, well, I've cheated, so I don't want to be with them. So, okay, not interested in that anymore. It's very yeah. easy to say that, but you don't necessarily know until you're in that situation, do you? Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's easy to say that, but also I'm thinking, I think about it logically, and I would think, say if somebody did cheat or scammed or whatever, I think I'd be able to recognise, because I can sit here now and say, this, the thing that I'm longing for or pining over temporarily at this moment in time is obviously not what I thought it was. So then 
then comes the kind of click moment of let's move on. I can't help but feel that that, that would be the way that I would uh, see it. Yeah, I guess everyone will probably find you know deal with those things differently i guess as well but yeah. you can understand why she probably feels a bit ashamed as well possibly because she's been made to feel like this and she maybe feels a bit silly a bit stupid that she's been led on like this and obviously the financial burden as well and it does like i say lead her to the point of considering taking her own life and she ends up taking herself into psychiatric ward and that kind of yeah. thing and i really really this was the point where it really sort of hit home how how sorry I felt for her because it really yep. is something as you can ruin people these kind of things like really really ruin people literally something as simple as swiping right on a guy and instigating a conversation with him and then suddenly you're in half a million euros worth of debt or probably even yeah. more than that or whatever never mind the emotional baggage that obviously she has with that and that I suppose we all would to an extent I mean you know we talk about getting over and everything but it's a significant investment in time that she spent with him, especially at that age as well. It's not an age, you know, you're late 20s, so when, when, when this is going on, it's not an age where you're kind of thinking of, you know, well, you know, there's, an, there's plenty more fish in the sea or whatever, you know, it's just a bit of a fling. This is, it is an age where you're thinking probably about settling down, about moving in like they were Long like kids, about, you know, things yeah. like this. Um, and it, 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 it is a big, big change in your mindset, isn't it, when a shit hits the fan anyway in a relationship? Never mind with the added burden of debt and the embarrassment of being lied to for months on end. He really is a shitbag. And I don't know whether it's because of what I value in life or my own experiences in life, but I really empathised with her in terms of what she was feeling emotionally, especially when she, when she was talking about feeling suicidal. More so, that hit me more than the economic considerations of it. And it's a lot of money to be down that she got scammed out of. But I couldn't help but thinking... You know, when she's talking about how much she loved him and about the long-term plans that they had and how they kind of incrementally got closer and closer and closer. And she shared these intimate details, these intimate messages with him. That really struck with me more than the whole kind of, and she's hundreds of thousands of euros in debt. Mm -hmm. I think I really resent him for the emotional manipulation, even yeah. more so than the, the financial. Because I feel like, I feel like the really effects of that person. are far more, yeah, they can really ruin your mental kind of, kind of mindset. You can, you can repay the debts, you can explain the situation to the bank. I'm not actually sure how she got out of the, the debt situation or whether she's repaying them. And that, that will get repaid eventually. Whether she can trust the man again, I think is a far more deep, it's a, it's a deeper question, I think, to me. And I really resented that more so than the, 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 the financial stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So now the documentary cuts to the next parts of his swindling and the next person he's going to manipulate. And this is his friend, Penilla. So now, even though he's not in a relationship with Penilla, they are still close friends. He again uses this same tactic of, oh, um, we've got a security <coughs> breach. But he goes about it slightly differently in that he sends newspaper articles and to add extra validity to what he's saying. So he's still sending the same pictures and videos that he sent to Cecile, but now he's trying uh, to add something else to it. He's got a newspaper articles that he's sending through claiming of these security threats that he's in. Yeah, I think this is the interesting one for me because I think, you know, from his perspective, you can't really use... The, you know, the superficial things that he used to draw these women in, it becomes a whole different ball game in manipulating a friend because now they're on that level. I mean, she rebuffed his advances. She operated with restraint. Now he has to manipulate somebody that's not necessarily in love with him. And I think that's quite different because she then doesn't really have as much of an obligation, you would think, to send him this money. And he has less power, I would say, over her. And I think she gets swindled for less 
but that's not to say that she doesn't buy into it at all. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, that isn't it? I can't imagine, as I said earlier, like if you asked me for thirty grand, wouldn't be yeah. happening. She even said, like, do I? She she phrased it like, um, is it more important my apartment or that my friend is safe or something like that? And I'm thinking, I'd probably say apartment to be honest. I'm, I'm <laughs> maybe that's just me. I'd be like, no, this thirty grand's be, my apartment. Thanks. See ya. I'd be apartment all day long and obviously this guy's notoriously flaky because he's jetting all over europe in order to keep on spinning all these plates because he's swindling all these people at the same time so i'm thinking the nature of this friendship met on tinder became friends through that friends for a few months how many how much time have they spent together you know in exactly, person yeah, like, it's difficult know, yeah. to know isn't are it? they sat around are they sat around drinking together chewing the fat about life's big questions and you know talking about their childhood traumas i don't think they are i don't think simon's got the time for that and i don't how think he's got the emotional that? capacity for that yeah how, how deep is that connection i don't imagine so, it, it doesn't come across as deep does it anyway the documentary maybe it was and we don't know i don't you know, who knows? Yeah, I don't know whether they didn't have time to delve deeper in, but we do see a lot of messages that are exchanged between them. And once again, I'm going to say it again, doesn't seem to me to be, they're not sending paragraphs to each other. You know, my closest friends, we, you know, we've always had those conversations where we either like FaceTime, like every few days or whatever, or we send like long messages in depth or whatever. But these are very, very short and very, very cold with Cecile, who he's seeing. And with Penilla, who's meant to be his friend, it's a very different book. And it's not as if he's kind of leading her on as well, because Penilla is in Mykonos knowing that Simon's got this girlfriend, Polina, the Russian model we spoke mm. about earlier. So it's not even as if she's kind of pursuing him. If anything, she's the one that rebuffs his advances. And yet still, he swindles her for 30k and yeah. then same lie about the bodyguard being attacked and she sends a further 10k which is still a lot of money it's nothing compared to the money that cecile sent but 40 grand is still a lot it is for for a friend as well like again we can't we can't gauge how close they were but i can't imagine ever sending a friend that kind of money particularly it's not like she was loaded herself like she said like she had 30 grand there for an apartment and she was living with a mum at the time and she's hoping to move out soon so you know it's not like that kind of money was at her fingertips and it was sort of easy to hand over i mean that must have been difficult to choose I mean, for me, it probably been, would have been quite easy. I'd have gone apartment, oh. to be honest. But I don't know. I, I, just can't, I can't imagine making that decision and going, oh, I'll send him 30 grand. Again, though, I guess you're expecting to get it back pretty quickly because he's rich. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's why, I mean, like I keep on saying it, but it is the perfect lie because not only is he rich, but he's got the prestige and he gives off all the right signals in terms of attitude and in terms of the clothes he wears, the jets that he flies or whatever, the perfect backstory about the business. So it's not as if she's giving him 30K and saying, I choose him over the apartment. She's saying, I'm giving him 30K because his safety, his well-being is paramount to me now. The apartment can wait. I'll get the money back because yeah. she's not to know that she's not going to get it back. And, and what happens next is then we cut back to Cecile. So it sort of chops and changes between the two. And we cut back to Cecile and she's now in the psychiatric ward basically researching going through old pictures and kind of trying to process it by the looks of it and she then does some googling and finds out that simon's been locked up for three years like he's been in jail and now it's all starting to unravel a little bit more like yes she knows she's been lied to but now she knows that this has perhaps been going on a little while and it's happened before and she starts finding yeah, out the bit, names of those women doesn't she the finnish women yeah now this bit is very interesting to me because in our little crash course on tinder at the start she says you know golden rule of tinder is that you always google who you matched with yeah. So I imagine when they initially matched, she Googled him. And I don't know whether she scanned over this story of Simon Leviev being in, in, in jail 
or whether she thought you know, it was in, it's an article in Finnish, a different language, so she just didn't read it or whatever. Mm. But she does say that the cardinal rule of matching with somebody on Tinder is that you Google them just to see if they'd been in prison, probably. You know, that's that would be the kind of the, one of the, the motive behind it. And she seems to have been very unlucky because if she'd have clicked on that article and translated it and seen that he swindled, how many was it, three or five women? I think, I think it was three, I think, yeah. Three women in, 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 in Finland and their names are all in the articles or they find out their names eventually or whatever, then she'd have stayed well clear. So it's, it's really, really unfortunate that she didn't see that when she Googled him at the at the beginning, but he had been banged up for a few years before. There's then yeah. another twist, though, that one of the women that was a victim of one of his scams was yeah. now actually the woman that was looking after his child that Cecile met yep. in the first plane ride that she did. So this supposed victim is now helping Simon to basically con other women. I mean, it's so bizarre. There's like that other twist, that other element. It's something that's never explained either, how yeah. we don't know. But yeah, one of the women that helped him get banged up in, in, in Finland is also a mother of his child that is now kind of adding credibility to the whole thing. Because I think if you're a woman on a private jet with a man you've just met, obviously she wasn't operating with that much restraint because she was on the private jet. But you're looking at the woman and the woman on the private jet gives a good, a glowing kind of character reference. And she's like, oh, he's the father of my child. He's a perfect guy. So I think it adds amazing credibility to it. So much so that she's culpable, I think, in this. She's yeah, going along with it. And definitely. I think as a woman as well on a plane with a man you just met, and there's another woman there, then you'd probably look to her, you know, for safety and support. And the woman goes, yeah, he's the father of my, my child. He's a great guy. He's a glowing character reference. Even though she'd got him banged up a few years before, I don't understand how we got there, whether it's the money, whether she's in on it. And, Maybe. you know, he was like, come and sit on the plane with the kid, you know, because it does add a lot of credibility to the situation, to the story that he's telling and speak well of me, and you can have a slice of the pie, maybe. It's never really explained, though, is it? It's not explained in the documentary. But what she then does as she begins to try and unravel these things, she then goes to some journalists and speaks to some journalists and tries to get this blown up into a a thing. And fair play to her, fair play to the journalists as well for taking her seriously and taking that on board, because sometimes you sort of think journalists don't particularly have a great name sometimes um, out there. You can get some sort of dodgy ones, but it's good that these journalists have really taken this on board and and taken it seriously and investigating it properly, because they end up going into Israel, don't they? And tracking down yeah. his uh, last known address and bump into his mum, weirdly. Yeah, so they go above and beyond, right? Not only do they, because I mean, the logic for uh, for going to the journalist, I think is, is clear because if you get this guy's face out there, the whole thing comes crashing down because no woman's going to trust him if he becomes notorious, right? But not they don't only do that. They go out to Israel, get in touch with an Israeli, Israeli journalist and turn up at Simon's rather modest flat. Yeah. And then his mum waddles up the stairs and she's there and she's shouting at them, right? Because she says that she hasn't seen him since he was 18 and that he has actually changed his name from um, Shimon Hayat, that's birth name, to Simon Leviev, which is interesting because he's changed the name to Leviev with the goal of fooling people into thinking that he's related to the diamond guy. So commitment to the cause, 100%. Do we believe her that she hasn't seen him in a while? Because, I mean, there's posts that's still turning up for him at that address. So I, I was sceptical of that. Yeah, I was a bit uh, sceptical of that as well. I felt like she knew more than she was letting on, perhaps, as well. Yeah, I mean, she even said that he's working for the Diamond Company now or something like that. She just sort of, I don't know, she seemed to have a bit of information there, but they didn't really press too much, I think, because they didn't want to, maybe they didn't want to alert Simon as well as also that. Would his mum have then alerted him to something? I don't know. Maybe she was being looked after with his money as well. Who knows what was going on? Yeah, exactly. I always think as well that, like, because the guy was on the run, 
but like you know if i went on the run you would miss the home comforts and i think it's probably quite intense to be on the run from 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 the police from the authorities whatever there would be that appeal to chime in with the parents you know what i mean it's what you yeah, know if you ever watch you could say hunted why, why didn't they give her a better apartment then i guess you could say maybe i don't know maybe but i mean then again, he he's living to be fair he did amass a lot of money he did amass a lot of money <laughs> so I, th- I do think there's there, there's some credence to the fact that i think she was she, i think she knew more than she was letting on but i don't think she was in cahoots with it and yeah. i think he chimed in because there would be the appeal if you're on the run you're living this lifestyle there would be the appeal to chime in for some home comforts every now and again definitely but i was very impressed with the way the journalists were like a, a, a dog with a bone with it i mean that that israeli trip didn't really didn't really gleam out much um but it was a statement of intent and a statement that they were t- taking it seriously and i think that's what cecile needed at that point right it was pretty impressive because it's not like there was, you know, it's not going to be a huge kickback for them. Maybe the article does well, but, you know, you don't really know how an article is going to do, how it's going to go, do you? And at this point, all you know is, is this guy sort of going around conning women? Like, you don't really know if there's well, going to be much more substance to it than, than that in the story. Well, all the journalists know at that point is that, that this guy has conned a woman. Yeah. They don't even know the scale of it. We don't find out the scale of it until the journalists put the story out there and people start connecting the dots and coming forward. So, I mean, props to them because yes. they facilitated this kind of coordination. It was an incredible amount of commitment from, from them, really. Um, but what we saw uh, also from Penilla, and it keeps it keeps switching between the two stories at the time that I was trying to sort of, uh, <laughs> trying to focus what was going on, um, because it does then switch back to Penilla and it sort of shows that she's sent him... 30 grand now and another 10 grand despite not getting the original 30 grand back yet and then she gets promised um i think 100 grand i think he's supposed to send her 100 grand but that 100 grand doesn't go through so in the end he has to she ends up booking his flights for him and she has to book a flight to meet him and then he promises like her like a watch and that kind of thing and it all gets very sort of complicated at this point but essentially she's been promised 100 grand in the same sort of way Cecile was promised 250 grand and he doesn't deliver on it yeah I kind of felt sorry for her because she was recounting the moment that she found out that she was getting 100 grand back for this 40k investment and she was like oh Simon you shouldn't have I only gave you 40 grand and I'm getting 100 back oh thank you firstly I'd say no give me the 40 back I, I wouldn't couldn't have the shame I wouldn't be oh Simon please no Thank you so much. I'd be like, oh, you can't do that, Simon. Oh, don't do no. that. Are you sure you want to Take do that, Simon? Oh, yeah. go on then, Simon. Hey, go Simon, on. I mean, I know you're minted, but we're only oh. friends. Like, no, save some for Polina. Treat Polina to a new Gucci bag or something. So I really mom, felt sorry Simon? for her because... <laughs> Get her a new apartment, man, Jesus you know? Jesus Christ. She's living in the slums, man. But no... <laughs> I did. I felt sorry for her because she was like, she was chuffed, wasn't she? She was over the moon. Yeah. She was like, Simon, oh, that's so nice. Well, Simon, I don't deserve this. You know, thank you so much. Knowing what he'd done to Cecile already, where the check bounced, he overpaid, you know, in order to be nice and the check bounced or whatever. I knew it was going to happen again. And obviously it did happen again because this guy's a fraudster. And it is when the penny does uh, kind of uh, start to drop. It does get ridiculous, doesn't it? Yeah, I think oh, we, can, we can the- pull one of my watches. Yeah, the journalist then connects to Penilla, and that's where the two sort of stories begin to merge now because the journalists yeah. basically use some of the information that's been sent over from Cecile around airport tickets and that kind of thing, and they see the name of Penilla on the airport ticket. And so they get in contact with her on Facebook, yeah. make the connection. Oh, do you know any, have any information about Simon? She then sends this message that was sent to her by a journalist straight to Simon, doesn't she? And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, you sent it straight to him. Particularly, he's not giving your money back. So does that not have some 
alarm bells ringing. Now you're getting people telling her that he's swindling people or you've not sort of, no alarm bells ringing. She sends the message to him and he claims it's his, his enemies paying the journalists. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just, I just, respect is the wrong word and admire is an even worse word. word. Yeah. Don't but you say have that. to look at his, you have to look at his commitment to the bullshit and think, there's a block button there and there's plenty more women out there on, on Tinder. Let's not fuel the fire. Let's not dig our heels in. Let's just get rid. She's smelling a rat. Get rid. She can think whatever she wants. Get rid and move on. But instead, he starts spewing the shit about the enemies and about how there's a, a lot of people out there that are trying to get to him or whatever. And I just think that they're just... I, I would, I'd kick it in, wouldn't you? I'd be like, Penella, right, she's on to me, whatever. Fair enough. I won't fuel this fire. Cut her out. Done. Simple as that. But instead, he's dogged in his persistence. She sort of catches on, Penilla, doesn't she? On, I think on the plane yeah. home, she sort of begins to realise, oh, OK, this, yeah, I've been frauded out of money here. And she begins to work with the journalist. Doesn't tell Simon yeah. that. She gets Simon back no. on side. And basically, they then set this thing up in Munich, where the journalist yeah. is going to be there to take a picture of him for the article to confirm he's in Munich, to confirm he's travelling around. And they set up this sort of meeting. Now, this meeting seems like it's going to go well. It seems well-coordinated to begin with. They set up these camera people outside the hotel <laughs> and they go outside the hotel and get seen, don't they? The camera people get seen by Simon. He starts panicking now, doesn't he? Well, it's his enemies again, isn't it? He? he pins it on his enemies. I'm not yeah. sure why his enemies want a picture of him, <laughs> but he pins it on the enemies again. I mean, and also something that's different about this little meetup is that it's not a date and it's not two friends catching up, which is quite weird because there's the business partner there as well, who is another person that must be in on the lie and that adds validity to the lie and who's also culpable. Yeah, I want to know his involvement. Was he getting a cut or what? Yeah, I'm not sure what, because he does, because this guy's not, Simon's not a businessman. At points, I do think that this guy's involved in the, the diamond trade because he's obviously so caught up in his, his lies because he has to be. But this guy doesn't doesn't have a business, doesn't have a business partner, doesn't need a business partner. He's a scam artist and probably doesn't have a job, doesn't need a job. So who's this guy that follows him around like a poodle? Like what like what are they talking about? They're not talking about business, are they? They probably know fuck all Loads about diamonds. Stuff. What are you talking about? Football? Just yeah. Penelope won't be interested stuff. in that. She's not bothered. Weather's nice, isn't it? Weather's nice. Oh yeah, it's quite right. I swipe right on her. It's quite right on her. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, never really explained like what their involvement was, and it's sort of claimed that they weren't involved necessarily with, with anything there, but they obviously were to some degree. But anyway, they, they get this picture of Simon, they get seen, they then rush off in a car, sort of almost like a car a getaway car kind of thing. And um, then, then there's uh, basically Penilla has to be let out of the car. She's got the, this watch that's supposedly worth 100 yeah. grand. She tries Which to take fake. it. Exactly. She fake tries watch. to take it to be sold. Turns out to be fake, of course. It's, <laughs> I think it's classic. I mean, unbelievable. It's just classic, really, isn't, isn't it? it? I just, I think as well, I can't help but think obviously she was smelling a rat up until that point but i bet she wasn't properly disgusted by him until she realized that the watches that he wears are fake and that he's he's now properly he's now properly made her look like a mo what about those versace sweatshirts are they fake (laughs) because how deep do these how deep do these lies go not only is he swindling me the guy's got no taste and he's got fake watches oh great beard though Great beard, so you know, strong, strong beard gets a bit worse, so it gets a bit straggly towards well, the end. Let's not slag him off, you know. He was a homeless king, okay. <laughs> um, so then at this point, Penilla sort of switches sides and sort of lets Simon know that she switched sides. And so she sent, she calls him then, doesn't she? She work, works with the journalist and calls him up and just gets bombarded with threats again. The same sort of stuff, every action has a reaction and all that kind of stuff. 
more threats. And you can tell he sort of said these things over and over again, can't you? Yeah, he's probably read that quote in a science textbook when he was like 15 or something. And it seems to really chimed with him for some reason. Uh, a bit like the quote, a lion doesn't lose sleep over the opinions of sheep for me. Really did resonate wow, with me with that we'll quote when I was younger. Teachers. I think it was my Facebook cover photo for a while. Um, <laughs> imagine calling yourself a lion on your own Facebook profile or knob. Um, but yeah, but and I think what's really clever, what's really clever about her is that with this phone call with Simon, she does it in the journalist's office, so it's caught on camera. So now yeah. we have tangible evidence of him and this side of him. And this is when I first started getting the feeling that it was all unraveling because he's lashing out again. But not only is he lashing out, he's lashing out at Penilla, which is quite interesting because they're meant to be friends. I thought it was vital that the journalist had her on side and reached out to her because she still had contact with Simon. Whereas mm -hmm. the only other woman we've been introduced to, Cecile, I think had been off the scene for a while and she'd been in, in the psychiatric ward or whatever. So it was important for them to set up that, that meeting to see that he's still swindling, still asking her for, for money. And then this is the moment on the phone call where it all comes to a head exactly and she now can help with the article and the article ends up going viral it launches it goes viral we find out that he's been swindling other people as well uh, not yeah. just friends girlfriends but also i think there's mention of someone being a chauffeur he'd not paid for 300 grand's worth of cars something like that so there was lots of all all these different deals that were going on people being swindled of 10 20 50 grand you know lots of money and like like we say we find out right at the end of the show that it was 10 million in total that he'd, you know, roughly taken. I mean, I don't know how they know exactly these, these amounts. Because it seemed like, I mean, I thought it would have been more than 10 million, to be honest, given the lifestyle he was living with private jets. They're expensive private jets. Not that I've not yeah. been on one, but, you know. Maybe what they did is that they looked into his bank statements and looked at his spending. But what we saw a lot in throughout the documentary was the fact that a lot of the money wasn't being spent in his name or even the names of his aliases, but they were being spent in the names of other people. So then they're always going to underestimate how much he actually spent because there's money that he's spending that's been spent by other people that probably up until this documentary had no idea like what was going on. He's probably still swindling them because this goes on for, I mean, there's one woman who we're introduced to towards the end of the documentary called, was it Eileen? Yeah, yeah, she gets introduced pretty much straight after this article drops. Who knew him for 15 months. So I dread to think if, if some of these kind of swindles, if that's the right word, are going on for 15 months and he's having to finance this lifestyle, it makes you think how many women he's doing it to simultaneously, right? Yeah. Shit did hit the fan. Imagine being in a relationship for that long and then finding out actually it's all just been a lie. But that is a proper relationship at that point, isn't it? Like, you know, yes, you're not being together for decades or anything like that, but 14 months, over a year, you've been in a relationship with somebody. That's a pretty, like, it's, that's, a, that's a proper relationship now. There's no messing about. You must feel like an an idiot, wouldn't you? I mean, mm. I, I think it, it would take a lot for me to come forward and do a documentary about it. I mean, I'd love it with the, the ego aspect of, of it and everything. But also I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, what are people going to think of me? Also, what was the nature of that relationship? Because like we said before, he's hardly ever there. So she put up with that for 14 months. I mean, yeah. What's the point? Strange, I'm surprised women don't just tell him where to go, you know, regardless <laughs> of the swindling stuff. Put some time in, some quality time. That's that's my love language. Anyway. Yeah, obviously it wasn't theirs, was it? Money, money, well, gifts. Well, private jets was theirs. I think she ends up lending him, I think, 140 grand over those 14 months that they've been in a relationship for. I mean, that is a, a huge amount of money. Again, 
re very long relationship really to be swindling someone to lead someone for that long i mean I, I don't know how he managed it to be honest with you it's, it's awful imagine how she felt after 14 months and yeah, um good. yeah basically then she sees this article doesn't she on a plane ride home or something like that and um, she then begins to realise, oh, OK, I think I've been conned here as well. But she doesn't tell Simon this. She tries to keep Simon on side. I think maybe she sends the article to him. He dismisses yeah. it. But she stays on side like... so that she can get back some of her money. And this is when it begins to properly unravel. I feel like this this woman had her pulse on had her hand on the balls from the get-go in the sense that she sees this article she's like oh shit that's my that's my boyfriend imagine imagine your He's boyfriend going viral. And his girlfriend cropping cropping up in a newspaper out of nowhere and she was just boarding the flight and what she did was she sent him the article downloaded it and then turned her phone on airplane mode and got on the plane because she yeah. knew who's going to ring her so it's just that I think from the get-go, she's like, even that she's like, she's taking the piss of it, isn't she? She's like, he's going to try and ring me over and over again. I'm on airplane mode. I'm on the plane. He can't get through to me. So she's rattling him already, which I think is hilarious. And then it gets a whole lot funnier from here on. Yeah, I mean, she then goes on basically to try and swindle him back, essentially, is, is what happens at this point. She realised what's going on. And um, she uses the fact that she works in luxury luxury fashion. Simon's now desperate for money because he's been found out that... Okay, you know, this article's blown up, he's gone viral, now he's got really nowhere to hide, no other people that he can swindle, essentially. And so yeah. he needs the money to fuel this lifestyle. He turns to her to sell some of his clothes. He's got some very expensive clothes, obviously real, these clothes, which is a surprise. Yeah. And so now he basically says, right, can you sell my clothes to give me some money so that I can sort of go off into the sunset kind of thing? And rather than do that, she obviously figures out what he's been doing to her. And so she decides to keep the money for herself. But yeah, she, she continues to play him for a little bit longer. He tries to go out plastic surgery at one point, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> How ridiculous. Can I just hey. get every, can I get my whole face changed, please? <laughs> you went to a plastic surgeon and he was like, can you do something about my eyes? Something about the nose, something about the mouth and something about the facial, like the, the cheek structure, please. And the, the, the surgeon said no, because that's what criminals want to do. <laughs> and the woman, the woman, um, Eileen, who was obviously by the, at this point selling the clothes and knew that he was lying, but didn't say anything to him. Apparently she nearly spat her water out. I'm sorry, I wouldn't be able to contain myself. Would you? You know he's <laughs> yeah. a crook and a plastic surgeon. Goes, I can't do that for you because that's, that's a bit suspect. <laughs> I've oh, I've been I've been. You just I want your whole face changing on a whim, do you? Hmm. Yeah, so he's not even booked an appointment. I bet he just rocks up. Can I have my face changed, please? <laughs> yeah, he wanted to end up on this morning, like that guy. I remember watching one of the iconic this morning interviews where he's like, <laughs> I, I spent fifteen k in order to look like Ken from Barbie or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I Worth lament. It. Money well spent. That's what I say. Do you think he went? Do you know, like when you go to the barbers and you want a new haircut and you take a picture of the, the, the new haircut you want? Do you think he went with somebody's face? <laughs> I think he went like a <laughs> Zac Efron. It's like, you have know, it. Can I have a Zac Efron, please? You know? <laughs> this guy is so fucking out of touch with everything that, that, that's going on. No, you she's, can't get that done because that's what criminals do. <laughs> she starts loving it, though, doesn't she? She's sort of loving the revenge that she's getting on, even though she's not going to get back all the money that she's given to him. She sort of gets, you can tell she's loving the fact that, yes, I'm keeping his clothes, I'm selling them off. He has no idea. He starts to panic, doesn't he? He starts sending messages like, Just a bit. it's been two or three weeks. Where's my money? I'm going to need I feel my like money. <laughs> Panicky Simon is my favourite Simon. When the, when the messages come flying through from him, I'm thinking that there's going to be some there's going to be some gold here, and he gets very aggressive very fast. I don't think he says, "Are you taking the piss?" or something. He says something like that's quite a British phrase though, but he says something like that, doesn't he? I think he does start to clock that she's she's playing for time. I think he said, "Yeah." Um, 
Damn right she is. And, and right during is. this point, he's now basically living on scraps, he claims. He's living in hostels because his money's just ran out. He wasn't planning for the future. Poor financial management, okay? If you're going to swindle... Didn't put it away for a rainy day, did he? Bad financial management from him. He calls himself the homeless king, though, doesn't he? Which I thought was just a ridiculous a statement to make. Sort of thing he would say, isn't it? I mean, he grows the wiry beard, doesn't he? And starts taking selfies in front of hostel signs. So one star, one star, yeah, one point. For me. I think in a one star hostel... And yet, as we're filming the documentary, Eileen gets a notification through on her phone that she's just managed to sell another item of Simon's luxury clothing for a couple of grand or whatever. Yeah, like how, which is how, so funny. How many clothes has he got to sell? Too many, too many clothes. Too Gucci, many. this, Versace, that. Oh. I'll buy some taste instead. <laughs> the um, next part of this documentary is she then through communication uh, communication with Simon still, which is weird how they were still talking at that point. I mean, he, they sort of both know that they found each other out. Like it's it's strange, but um, he's gone she, viral. Hasn't she he? manages to deduce which flight he's on, which is brilliant from her, by the way. She works out. Yeah. Oh, he's not received my message. Must be on a flight. Finds the flight, yeah. tracks it down, sends it to the authorities. Whether she has a say in him being caught or not, we don't really know, but it's kind of implied. And he gets arrested yeah. for his fake passport, doesn't he? She sent an email to the Dutch police. I think she's Dutch, or the flight was landing in Amsterdam or something. He sends an email to the Dutch police. I'm sorry. Can you imagine if they miss the email or if they see it too late? I'd be on the phone to them. I'd be like, hello, you know, so I'm, I'm live and simple. Right? I'm not convinced it was the email that did it. I think it might be in the fake no. passport that they got it's him the on. The fake passport. Because they we'll, said we'll that's because she was involved in doing it. She, she did well as, to track down the flight, at least. It's a perfect kind of character kind of arc isn't it from her i think they allude to something when they're showing him getting arrested which made me think that they got him imprisoned but not on the charges that they wanted him to get imprisoned yeah. on so i think he did get charged for the fake passport not for the swindling because it was a perfect scam in a sense that he could say well i was just borrowing the money off my my girlfriend you know if, if you go out for a meal with your mates and one of them says oh you know i've got my bank card or whatever i don't have money and you buy the meal on their behalf and they don't pay you back it's not necessarily a legal matter. And I know that we're talking on a bigger, bigger scale, but it's very hard to nail him down for that. And I think well, they struggled to do that. He only ended up being in jail for 15 months and serving five. Five, yeah. Which five for me, just, Israel. I think they even said that he didn't actually be, he didn't get found or he didn't get charged for defrauding them. Like I'm pretty sure they no. said he did not get charged for defrauding them. So he had the, he was locked the, up for the easy else. way out. Yeah. He, I think strange. they got him on the, for the, for the, for the fake passport. Definitely. And they couldn't nail him because he said, well, I was just borrowing the money from my girlfriends. It was a little bit of an unsatisfying uh, ending for my liking. I, I wish it sort of ended a little bit better because I was I was thinking, oh, great, she's selling his clothes. She's getting revenge. Fantastic. Now he's going to be locked up. Served yeah. five months. I, and then you find I made out a, that, I made a, that he's back to doing what he did before, basically. I made a, a kind of like a mental note when it ended. I feel like the end of the documentary serves, it's meant to make us angry, I mm. think. Because it starts and it goes, um, so Steele is still single. Oh, yeah. Some people might, some people might enjoy that, but I know that my home, my home girl Cecile hates it. She hates being single. She's out there looking for love. How's she not found it yet? She's got the selfie first, and then you know, on the Tinder profile, we've got the picture of the group with the friends and everything. She knows what she's doing, and she knows what she wants. Still hasn't found it. Cecile is still single. Thought, okay, fair enough. Simon's dating an Israeli model or whatever. Thought, oh, and she's quite a looker to be fair. Thought, well, I don't, how's he? I don't know how he swindled that. Simon's, oh, I thought, oh well, that's a bit of a shame, isn't it? He's happy. She's not. She's still longing for a relationship. He's out of served five months, got himself a model girlfriend. And then the thing that really stuck in my throat was a video of him taken from his Instagram where he's going, 
what to drive today, the Bentley or the Ferrari? And I thought, you fuck it. It made me angry. But I think they did it on purpose, obviously, because he's got away with it. There's no, there's not even any reputational damage. There's no institutional damage. He didn't, he wasn't locked up for years, five months. There's no reputational damage. He's still able to pull who he wants and move in these circles. He's offering advice to businesses. What advice is he going to be offering to businesses? Lie, defraud. <laughs> basically, yeah. I mean, I, I put, I just wrote down my notes. I put no real justice. That, that's basically what it was. Just no. no real justice at all. They're still paying off the debts. They're single. He's back doing whatever he was doing before. All right, yes, he's in Israel. He probably can't travel as much, but he's a free man in Israel. He's a free man. They said it himself. And he's now just offering business advice and personal advice and somehow has accumulated all this wealth again. I assume there's probably some um, fraudulent means, shall we say, uh, allegedly may well be involved in that. But yeah, it doesn't really delve too much into it, does it, after that? He's back on Tinder as well, apparently, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> At what point do I just say, Simon, grow up? Why don't we meet somebody organically? If you want, if you want, even if you want to swindle them, go to a club. Why is it always Tinder? Just go to a club if you want to scam them. Very it. Do it like we did in, you know, when we wanted to scam somebody in the olden days. You couldn't just go on your phone and swipe right on somebody. It's not the way we scam people. We scam people by meeting them in person. At least if it's disgusting. The face. Come on. Honestly, mean... the Bentley or the Ferrari, where she's there, sat, uh, Cecile sat in this like, dimly lit restaurant, being like, well, I don't blame Tinder for it. I'm still on Tinder. It wasn't Tinder's fault. It was Simon's fault. And when he's there with a Bentley or the Ferrari. I no. came away from, from it thinking, not only obviously how sorry I feel for these women and however many other women there's been, I also came away from it thinking, how much of a loser is Simon? Like, such a loser, though. Like, all this sort of posturing of like, oh, this is my lifestyle. Look, the Bentley or the Ferrari. It's like, you're just such a loser, really, aren't you? The way you've just created this lifestyle with other people's yeah, money. I just think... How can that be satisfying or enjoyable in any way? Whenever I watch somebody's kind of stories like that you know the kind of influencer kind of people that and you know he kind of aspires to be or maybe maybe he is probably and and also after this documentary he's going to become notorious no i think i just amazing documentary but fuels i think what he wants it's not going to lead to or in the jungle or something like that i mean he will he will under what name though under what name who knows who knows with that guy um but yeah he's just going to become more notorious but i always think when i see influencers putting these stories on imagine if you're stood there as an individual yourself watching him film that for his story so you're stood at the side of him and he's talking to himself and he's going sticks his phone he goes bentley or the ferrari what to drive today I just think it looks pathetic. I think it's really, really, really bizarre. Like it's not even looking at well. it on Instagram. But can you imagine doing that? Can you imagine being that person? It's, it's like, desperate to be sort of liked. It's desperate to be sort of thought yeah. of as wealthy as having the status. It just comes across very desperate. And perhaps it's an insecurity from his childhood and when he grew up and, you know, didn't seem like, I can't remember how they described it, but it, they basically said it wasn't the nicest of areas, essentially. I was, you know, yeah. perhaps uh, a little bit more, a little bit less wealthy uh, area in Israel. And so perhaps that's an insecurity which is then projected onto him wanting to have money and status and wealth as a result of that but even still it's, it's no excuse for the way he's treated all these women is it no no and i think it's it's obviously um it's quite interesting that at the, the, the very very end of the documentary they say we reached out for for simon you know to be involved in the documentary and he left us this voice note and it's a voice note of him threatening legal action over these lies or whatever. I mean, it's hard for him to pass it off as that. I don't know if his model girlfriend is going to look at that and think, you know, I think she'd be tempted to maybe look over his shoulder the next time he's on his phone just to check that he's not swiping, calling these yeah. women honey. <laughs> I love you, honey. Somebody does me honey. What's all that about? 
Not a fan. Not a fan of that. Not one of my favourite... Um, like some sort of bee. Not one of my favourite pet names. No, I don't like honey. Darling. It's all a bit old-fashioned. Love, isn't it? I don't know if babe, that's a... Uh, baby. Babe or baby is a, is a tick, in the, tick in the column against that. I that. like that. All interesting. I like that. It used to... Babe used to remind me of the pig. Oh, the yeah. movie Babe. Great film. But I've, I've got over that. I've got over that now. Babe, baby, cutie, handsome. That's all right. That's all right. Cutie. Honey, though. No, they called it a bit. context you called it was surprising. Your overall thoughts on the documentary. Were you a fan of the documentary? Did you like it? I thought it was half an hour too long. There were bits that maybe maybe didn't need to be in there. I yep. think they tried doing it chronologically and, and, and doing so because of the nature of his crimes. They weave together the stories of um, Cecile and Panilla quite well. It's hard to follow in a sense, but I like the chronological aspects of it because it all tied together in the end. Because yeah. without the cooperation facilitated by the, the journalists, the cooperation between Cecile and Panilla facilitated him being caught in the end. So it kind of did make sense to me the fact that there was that interplay going on. It did make me fear for my future as a member of society when you've got grown women putting the prince emoji next to the name of, you know, Penilla put the prince emoji and Simon's name in the contact book or whatever. I don't know whether I just need to get with the times and, you know, embrace it and be like, well, this is, this is normal. I mean, she's I mean, older than us, isn't she? Yeah, I do. Yeah, there, there were bits where I was like, she reminds me of somebody that's like 16 or 17 or something, yeah. you know. Uh, but good luck to all the women. Obviously, we hope they're, uh, they're finding themselves in better relationships one day, hopefully. I mean, it does sound like they're single, but one day, hopefully, they do find a better relationship. Not they're still out there living free. And I feel like they probably got, I would imagine, a, a healthy wad of money from doing the documentary and selling their story to the, to the Norwegian newspaper and to Netflix as well. And I'm sure I lo- it's, 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 it's going to be quite popular. It's a quite popular documentary, so I'm sure somebody will step forward and offer to wipe off the debts, maybe. Who That'd knows? Nice. That'd um, be a nice ending. Well, publicity is a good publicity, isn't it, as well? I mean, maybe we'll get we'll get one of the girls on, maybe, uh, in a couple of weeks. And Valentine's got- special, how not to get how not to get <laughs> swindled. You know, teach us some red flags. Exactly. Voice notes is definitely one of them. As soon as he started sending those voice notes, I was like, mm, yeah, he get is a swindler. Touch. Get in touch for next week. We are doing a Valentine's Day special next week. So we're sort of, we've gone from sort of love and heartbreak and oh, all the terrible things to we're going to give you some great advice next week. Okay, so look forward to that. Look forward to our chat be, on love. It'd be selfish if we you know, were to sit here as two Casanovas and not part with uh, some advice. Exactly. At least, would it? Get ready to be inspired next week. Thank you all so much for watching this podcast it's probably gone on longer than the documentary to be honest um (laughs) which is quite impressive uh but thank you all so much for watching we'd appreciate you dropping a like subscribing if you haven't already as well and we will see you next week for the valentine's day special cheers see you next week